Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It's time for Let's Talk About Jesus. This Bible study is designed to be a blessing to you today because it is filled with the Word of God. And the Bible said, if the Word of God as seed gets into a good ground heart, it will bring forth fruit. 30, 60, and 100 fold. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I just want you to know today that we're so grateful to be able to come to you uh, in this Bible study. And we're so glad that you have chosen uh, to invest in your own spiritual life and all of your life by receiving God's Word. As the fact that you are tuning into this Bible study uh, says there is a hunger and thirst for righteousness in your heart. You know, the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And the scripture uh, says of itself that it is profitable for reproof, for rebuke, and for instruction in righteousness. Hallelujah. That the man of God, woman of God, boy or girl of God might be fully furnished to every good work. And that's what we want to endeavor to do today is make sure that those that are hungry for righteousness are instructed in righteousness through the word of God, because they that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. I know the Holy Spirit is anxious to speak to you through the Word today, and I'm just going to begin this study uh, by defining our subject as the Spirit of God has led me, and uh, we're going to be talking about these things, these things. I want to explain this title, uh, These Things Defined Reveal the Keys to victory for the Christian uh, in areas of our life that is so important that we develop our our character and our faith in. Uh, and then these things applied that are revealed secure that victory. And we're going to be taking our our text uh, for for this teaching out of Second Peter, chapter one beginning with verse 5 down through verse 15. So I just want to pray today. I usually, for time's sake, pray before we start the broadcast. I do that anyway. But I just want to pray for you today that God will take His Word and place it into your heart by the Holy Spirit and that you will hide it in your heart and it will never ever, ever depart you. Praise God that it might bring forth fruit in your life. Heavenly Father, I pray today for every listener, because the fact that they are listening today proves that they are hungry for righteousness. The promise is that they will be filled with what they're hungering for today. And the Word of God has been defined as that, that in, will instruct us in righteousness. We'll know how to be truly right with God. Not just the positional righteousness that we receive when we receive Christ as our Savior, but the personal, practical righteousness that is ours as we apply your word and therefore your will to 
our daily lives. Thank God for victory today for every one of your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Second Peter, I want you to listen as we read these 10 verses of Scripture on the subject, These Things. These Things Defined, I want to say it again, reveal the keys to victory. These things developed and applied in our lives secure that victory. Listen for the term as we read these things. I'm going to emphasize it as we read it so we can really get focused on the things that that God wants us to see in His Word. Second Peter 1, beginning with verse 5. He says, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity, or that divine love of God in our life. For if these things be in you and abound, they make that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, that men at home in the body, before he was martyred for the sake of Christ and went on to heaven, as long as I am in this tabernacle, this human body, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my decease or death, to have these things always in remembrance. Now, when you take these things and you mention it that many times, it is of extreme importance to you and me that we develop in these things. These things, if they're in us and abound, number one, we will not be idle or unproductive in our spiritual growth and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. Verse 8 declares that, For if these things be in you and abound, they make that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This word barren here is the word argos in the Greek, and it means inactive, <laughs> lazy, useless, idle. You know, the Bible said that, that if the salt loses its savor, it is good for nothing, 
It, it is inactive in what it's designed to do, uh, to, to preserve and to keep from putrefying. If the salt loses its savor, it's good for nothing but to be cast out on the dunghill. We are called the salt of the earth. We are called the light of the world. Vine's Dictionary defines this as yielding no return because of inactivity, unfruitful, barren. This idleness brings barrenness, particularly in the knowledge of Christ. That is, we do not represent Him in service or in character because we do not seek to know Him that we might serve Him acceptably. This is a knowledge of Jesus Christ that transforms us so that we are progressively becoming what He is in character so that we might also serve God as He served God. Amen. Romans 6.22 bears this out. It says, But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness, and the end is everlasting life. Praise God. I, I want to back up uh, and read about this knowledge of Christ. If these things be in you and abound, you will not be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go back to Second Peter chapter 1 and, and read down through verse 4. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. This is the faith that we are to add these things to, this initial saving faith. We don't just sit down on saving faith. We don't camp out on our salvation. We grow in the knowledge of God and in the service to God. Listen carefully. The, that, that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According to His divine power, He hath given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and to virtue. Through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and to virtue whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption, literally the degeneration, the putrefaction that is in the world through lust. And then he begins to talk about these things that were listed. We will not be spiritually blind, uh, either. <laughs> Hallelujah. We will not be falling back into sin's influence and its bondage. For if these things are in us and abound, we will never fall. You know, the scripture said, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling 
and to present you faultless. That's what this is all about, an abundant, an abundant entrance into the kingdom of God in verse 11. Hallelujah. Praise God. Friend of mine, I want you to know today that God has called us to glory and virtue. God has called us to victory, amen, over the world and over the flesh and over the devil and over the culture. God has called us to walk in a victorious life by living a life that is representative of another kingdom, not the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of darkness, but the kingdom of light, because we serve the King of light, Jesus Christ. Praise God. And we will not be spiritually blind and consistently falling back into the same old sins. You know, it, it's not victory to have the same people in the altar week after week confessing the same old sins. There is victory. is when sin doesn't reign in our mortal body that we might serve it in the lust thereof. Vic- it's not sinless perfection, but, but it is it is a life that is marked by righteousness rather than sinfulness, by obedience rather than rebellion. It's a life that has developed in the knowledge of God enough that we can begin to live not above the opportunities to sin and sometimes the failures that lead us into some kind of sin, but sin shall not have dominion over us. Thank God for the grace that God offers us, the mercy, the forgiveness, but just sinning and asking for forgiveness and obtaining it and sinning, and we're not free. We're not walking in what God has called us to walk into. It's not just His ability to keep us, but it's our understanding of Him and our developing in our faith by adding these elements to our faith that bring us into a position where sin doesn't dominate or mark our life any longer. He that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. One word in the Greek, myopazon, means short-sighted, nearsighted. Our word is myopia, which comes from this root word, and it means a visual condition where distant objects appear blurred. And spiritually speaking, this is lack of discernment or short-sightedness in thinking or planning particularly in the true revelation of God. Amen. Here's some principles to ponder today. This is God's provision for our spiritual development and growth. He has given us everything we need to live a godly life, everything that pertains to life and godliness. Spiritual growth and fruitfulness are obtained as we supply ourselves with these essential Christian virtues, these things. And the first on the list of these things is virtue, is virtue. Add to your faith virtue. 
or in your faith supply virtue. This is the first of several, seven to be exact. Of course, it would be seven, God's perfect number or number for perfection or completeness. These seven qualities that are essential to the exercise of our faith. Greek word for virtue properly denotes whatever procures preeminent estimation for a person or thing. Intrinsic eminence, moral goodness. First Peter 2 and verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises literally rendered in the Greek, the virtues of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Think of the awesome privilege God desires to put on open display the virtues of his son, His marvelous light in and through the believer. That's what it means to be the light of the world. Someone has said the world doesn't need another definition of Christianity, but rather a demonstration. So Christ's character is developed in us through the fruit of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit supply power to do what Christ did. But the fruit of the Spirit supply power to be what Christ was. And that's why we're to begin to add to our faith virtue, the number one of the seven. And number two is knowledge. In Jewish thinking, throughout the Bible, knowledge had little to do with intellectual contemplation or philosophical thought but has always related to the practical identification of one person with the heart, mind, and will of another. It is regularly used in Scripture to describe man's personal relationship with God, his revelation of God, and his relationship to and with God. In Jeremiah 24, 7, it says, And I will give them a heart, to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. Add to your faith virtue, and then add to virtue knowledge. Praise God. The Greek noun for knowledge, as it is used here, denotes knowledge of spiritual truth. This always involves the knowledge of God through the knowledge of Christ. Then the knowledge that results from the study of God's word, the revelation of God's love and will for man. So add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. See, these are the things. Too many people, I'm going to back up because I'm in, I'm excited about this message. I'm excited about where it's going to take us if we apply it to our life. If we truly, as believers, add to our faith virtue and add to our virtue knowledge, we're building uh, upon uh, this essential fundamental, foundational faith 
saving faith. But now we're building upon that foundation. Praise God. Amen. Actually, what we're doing, we're going on to perfection. We are not perfected, but we are going on to perfection. I can't help here in the sports season to to quote Vince Lombardi, a great coach. And I I want to be a a coach, if I can today, uh, to God's people for a little while. And encourage you to add to your faith, to not just camp out on your saving faith and never grow and never go forward, but to be idle. Oh, friend, we are the salt. And we are the light, God's luminaries in this world. Vince Lombardi said, perfection is unobtainable. And we all realize that. That's why even the scripture said, let us go on to perfection. Let us pursue perfection. Let us never be satisfied short of perfection, knowing that we will spend our Christian life as long as we're here pursuing it. And that's why I like what Vince Lombardi said. He said, perfection is unobtainable. But if you chase perfection, you can catch excellence. Hallelujah. I like that because God wants his children to be representative of his wonderful kingdom of love and light. He wants us to grow up in him and into him that we'd be no more children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine as the scripture declares, but grow up into him who is the head to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Jesus. We could, we should be progressively getting more and more like Jesus Christ. We should be bearing the fruit of the Spirit, which is really the, the replicating of His character in and through the child of God. His love, His kindness, his goodness, <laughs> his meekness, his, 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 his character, everything that he was in character is to be replicated in the life of the believer. Oh, friend of mine, I've been pursuing perfection and I'm still nowhere near. Paul put it this way, not that I have apprehended, but that I might apprehend what Christ has apprehended me, literally to apprehend. He said, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching forth to the things that are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ. I press, strain forward, put forth a genuine effort that's why Peter begins this with with giving all diligence praise God pressing on pressing in not sitting down and becoming idle but staying spiritually active praise God everything in me that is unlike Jesus uh, is those things that God wants to help me with in my life. And I want to be an excellent example 
of the kingdom of God. And I know have I have fallen short on many occasions. But you know, Christian victory is getting up and going on. It's not reaching a plateau and, and sitting down and said, okay, I've arrived. I, I don't need any more. I've been a pastor for going on 45 years. And I've seen people that they may be very spiritual and they may be very, very uh, mature, but they are not mature enough to know that you don't sit down somewhere. You don't just become idle. You don't say, well, that word is not for me. That, 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 uh, teaching is not for me. I'm, I'm as, as, <laughs> I'm as good as I'm going to be and good as I want to be. Well, that's not good enough to represent his kingdom. And it brings a spiritual stagnation into that life. It may be a wonderful life marked with wonderful works, but Paul, Paul said, I'm pressing. I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm, and some Bible scholars will translate that, and I'm not saying it's inaccurate to say he was striving to obtain resurrection from the dead, eternal life. Sure he was. But the prize of the high calling is not just escaping hell and getting into heaven. There's a higher calling than that. For whom he did foreknow, Romans 8, verse 29, he did predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. To me, that is the prize of the high calling, because when Christ comes, we will see him as he is, the Scriptures declare, for we shall be like him. Hallelujah. Oh, friend of mine, a day will come when we will, we will, we will catch perfection because of God's work within us. But until that day, we pursue perfection and we catch excellence. And God wants to, to, to bring us into that place. Wasn't it the scripture uh, that Paul taught that said, I will show you? He talked about all the wonderful, powerful gifts of the Spirit, legitimate for today, the gifts of the Spirit, the charismata. Hallelujah. Thank God for these power gifts that have been granted us to serve Him with and to see others set free with. Praise God. Amen. But Paul said, I will show you, though I have all of these gifts in operation, I will show you a more excellent way. He says, follow after faith, hope, and love, this divine love, this character of God, this character of Christ within us. Amen. This is the more excellent way. And the greatest of these is love, which is the foundation for all the rest of the fruit of the Spirit or the foundation for all the rest of the character of Christ. Since God is love, love becomes the first and foremost product of the Holy Spirit in replicating, recreating the character of Christ in the heart and life of the believer. That's why Peter is saying, don't camp out on saving faith. 
let's go on to perfection. Praise God. Amen. Start adding to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. I'm going to read that again in Jewish thinking. And throughout the Bible, knowledge had little to do. Isn't that amazing? With intellectual contemplation or philosophical thought, but always related to the practical identification of one person with the heart, mind, and will of another. It is regularly used in Scripture to describe man's personal relationship with God. And God wants you and me to know Him and through that knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ to become a person that God can showcase, (laughs) amen, the difference between this fallen world and, and His wonderful, wonderful kingdom of love and light. Today, I know this is a challenge. It's a challenge to me. But I, I camped out on the, on the Holy Ghost. I got filled with the Spirit, and I thought, I've arrived. I've got everything I need. He's given us everything we need. He's made the provision in Christ. But it is up to us to take. It's just like the armor of God. Key the whole armor. I'm going to define it for you. But only you can understand it and apply it to your life. And that's the same way with these things that we are talking about. Because if we have these things, these seven virtues, these seven things in our life, the Bible said that we are not going to fall. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. Both instances, it means going back into sin. Going back, and I don't mean renouncing Christ, I mean picking up those old sins that when we got saved, we laid them down. Allowing the Holy Spirit to sanctify us, spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, our time is gone today, and I feel like there's so much I want to say. I probably spoke too quickly in this study, but God wants to say something to you and to me. And Jeremiah 24 and verse 7 says it best, and I will give them a heart to know me. And today I pray that there's a hunger in your heart to know the Lord, to truly know Him, praise God, to know Him in all of the glory of His person, not just His power. Jesus came to show us the Father. I'm reminded of a song I grew up in the 50s. To know, know, know Him is to love, love, love Him. And I do. And I pray that you do too. Let's go on this journey together and not be idle and unfruitful. Oh, but to bring forth that that we have been predestined to bring forth. Oh, friend, the world needs to know Jesus. 
And if you don't know Jesus Christ today, I want you to know that God loves you so much. Christ loved you enough to stay on the cross. He didn't have to do that. But He did. Don't run from Him anymore. Run to Him. Confess your sins. Repent of them. Receive His forgiveness and run this race with us. And come back next week. Let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.